Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. God is good, isn't he? Amen. I am so thankful. I tell you, I'm not just thankful to be alive, man. I am thankful to be a born-again, sold-out, devil-stomping, tongue-talking, you know, child of the Most High God. What, what a glorious opportunity it is to be us. Amen. To be children of the living God. Church, to have the Holy Ghost operating through us. Amen. This is, this is some powerful stuff, amen, that we need to, we need to grab a hold of. Man, we're, I'm telling you, prophets of old, King David himself would have traded positions with e- any one of you sitting in these chairs right now. Any of you watching on live stream. Anyone that is saved, filled up with the Holy Ghost, he would trade, he'd trade, he'd trade places with you with a snap of a finger. Why? To have that presence living on the inside of him. Not something that's just coming on and coming off. I'm telling you, church, this is an amazing day to live in. Amen? What an amazing day to live in. But in this amazing day we live in, there is amazing responsibility that comes with this day. Amen? There's an amazing responsibility that God is pouring out upon his children, that he's pouring out upon his sons and daughters, the ones that he has given his name to, the ones that he's given power to, the ones that he has given the Holy Ghost to. Amen? And we got to grab a hold of these things. Amen? And this is why we're studying these things. And, you know, I've been, I've been trying to close this thing off for the last couple of weeks, but the Lord just keeps on, you know, kind of provoking. And, and poking and keeps on leading me some to different scriptures. So we're just going to kind of keep on going because I, I, I truly believe, church, we as a body of Christ, we got to come to this place to know who we are, who he has made us to be, who we are rebirthed to be and what he's placed on the inside of us, church, if we're going to do anything that he's called us to do. And I pray and I hope, guys, that you're getting something out of these messages. Amen. Now, I know some of these things may be a little bit basic and people were saying, you know, I've heard some of these things before. I say, well, praise the Lord if you've heard them. Amen. Allow it to stabilize. Allow it to build the foundation that you have already placed on the inside of you. But if you haven't heard these things, church, grab a hold of them. Grab a hold of the Word. Study these things out for yourself, amen, to where you can begin to build a foundation that now can go vertical. Amen. And what do you say? It can start handling the weight that God's wanting to put on it. You can start handling the weight of holiness. You can start handling the weight of, of being led by the Spirit. You can start handling the weight of the gifts of the Spirit coming upon you. You can start handling the weight of walking in divine health. You can be able to handle the weight of everything that Jesus has purged for each and every one of us. Because I'm telling you, church, it's our duty to walk in these things. He's provided them, but it's our duty to walk in them. Amen. So what, so what are some of these basics, amen? So what are the basics that we've been studying on here? Amen, that we, have to be, that we have to die to ourselves, amen? We have to be buried, amen? We have to be crucified with Christ. We have to be buried in these things of God. We have to allow uh, that, that, that nature that, that, uh, that uh, Jesus has taken away from us, that he has killed, that he's murdered, that, that old DNA of Adam that was, that was on the inside of us. We have to come to that realization that it was stripped from us. Where do we find that out? In Galatians 2.20, amen? That, that I'm crucified with Christ. That each and every one of us that receive him, we've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet it's not I that live. It's Christ living in me. It's Christ living his life through each and every one of us that I believe. You see, it's not, it's not just our life anymore. I mean, it's, it's, it's his life. It's our life in union with one another. And he is living his life, his desires, his goals through each and every one of us, giving, giving us everything we need for him. Amen. It says, uh, now, uh, but this life that I now live, he goes, I live by the faith 
of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Who loved me and gave himself up for me. Amen. Has anyone died in this place? I mean, has anyone died in this place? See, this, see you, you have to recognize these things. You have to be like Paul that says, man, I can see myself. I don't just see Jesus on my cross anymore. I, when I look at that cross, I see my, my face, my blue eyes, your brown eyes. I can, I can see myself with him up on that cross. Has anyone died in this place? I mean, has anyone died in this place? Because listen, the church, if you, if you haven't died, you can't be resurrected. Listen, if you haven't died, listen, that, that's what puts a fear on the inside of you of Revelations chapter 20 on this second death that comes upon you. But listen, if you have been crucified with him, that second death talked about in Revelations chapter 20, you, listen, that plays no part in our lives. I mean, we don't have to a fear another death because we, we've already died. We, we've died into that place. Not, not talking about our physical flesh here on, on this earth. Listen, that, that will die too and we will, we will finish redemption in our lives by getting a glorified body. Amen. We don't have to fear that second death coming face to face with God himself and him saying, let me look in the books. Has your name been blotted out? Did you, did you receive what I poured out for you? Did you receive what I died for you? Did you receive these things? Did you choose me or have you chose the enemy? Because we get to stay with eternity who we choose, church. I mean, I'm telling you, it's that simple. It's that good of news. We get to choose who we get to stay with for eternity. I'm telling you, church, I choose Christ. I choose Jesus. I, I choose my Father. Amen. Not the Father of this world. I choose the Father that created the heavens and the earth and everything that dwells within a church. And once we decide to do those things, once we receive this, listen, we get to operate in his faith. Amen. I'm telling you, not the faith that, oh, I'll see it when I believe it, Pastor. No, we don't have to operate in that natural faith anymore. We get to operate in the faith of Christ himself. Amen. But not just his faith. We get to operate in his love, his joy, his peace, his long-suffering, his goodness, his gentleness, his faith, his temperance. Amen. His meekness, his humility, and his self-control, his temperance. We get to operate in these things, church. They're already on the inside of us. We don't have to fight for them. We just got to yield ourselves and uh, yield ourselves unto them. Amen. And everything that we're doing. Amen. You say, well, how do we, how do we, how do we live in Christ? How is, how is Jesus living in us and living through us? Amen. Well, church, listen, if you, if you can't recognize that you've, that you've died, you're never going to recognize that we're, that we're walking in the resurrection. And see, so you're going to have to die first before you can walk into the resurrection. See, a lot of people want to grab a hold of all the goodness, all the great things that come with the resurrection of Jesus, but they never die into themselves. They, they just walk in the gifts, walk in healing, walk in the things that God has promised people. But listen, you're going to have to die here before you can begin to walk in what, he, in what he's given us, what he's placed on the inside of us. And we're going to have to recognize these things. But listen, church, don't be like most religious institutions around the world nowadays. Listen, we're, we're really good about talking about death. We're really good about talking about the cross. We're really good about talking about going to the cross and, and dying at the cross. We're really good at those things. But listen, church, don't stop there. And we can't stop at death. We can't stop at the cross. We got to go on past the cross. We got to walk into the resurrection life. We got to walk into the power that God has placed on the inside of us. Amen. Why? Because we're sons and daughters of the living God now. 
Amen? We don't, need to, we don't need to be focusing on death all the time. You died yourself once. Let that, let that be done away with. And then begin to walk in what he's done for us. Walk in his resurrection. Church, he has given us his life as an exchange so we can walk in his fullness of life. I'm telling you, you, you watch Jesus. You, 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 you know, watch maybe that new series, The Chosen, or, you, or you've studied the word of God. Listen, and you, you had these ideas of what you thought. Jesus had a pretty good life while he was down here, didn't he? He didn't struggle for anything. I mean, everything was provided for him. He walked in absolute power. He chose when he was going to give up his life. This, this, this is how we're designed to operate, church. But we got to jump into these things, amen? Let's, 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 let's pick up here where we left off last week. In Ephesians. I was expecting you all to say that back to me because you all remembered everything that I spoke on last week. But anyhow, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2. Let's, let's pick up these last two verses that we left off with. In verse 5 it says, And when we were dead in sins, when we were dead and we were separated from God in our sins, he says, He hath, He's already quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. By His grace, by giving us something that we don't deserve. By His empowerment we are saved. It says in that And he hath raised us up together, and he has made us sit together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. He says, and he hath raised us up together, and he has made us to sit together in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Jesus has raised us up. The Father has what? Raised us up with Christ Jesus to sit in the heavenly places. Listen, church, if you, if you begin to look at this, it's not, this is not talking about the rapture. This, this, the, many people think, oh, everything's going to be in perfection. I'll walk in the goodness. I'll walk in the glory of God. And when, in the great by and by, when Jesus comes and he raptures the church and we get to sit in heaven. No, it says this is half already been done, church. I'm, I'm telling you, this, this really disturbs me that people don't get up and start dancing, start shouting, start praising God when we start talking about these things. Because this is amazing stuff right here, church. We are raised right now to sit in the heavenly places on the throne with Jesus. It's not something that's going to happen, church. You are victorious right now. Right now. Not, it's not, it's not going to come. It's, it's right now. But we have to understand these things and grab a hold of it. We have to understand these things and grab a hold of it. I mean, every time I go through these verses, man, my spirit just starts jumping up and down. It starts getting excited. It, it, it's hard for it to contain it because this is amazing truths, church. These are amazing truths. And it blows me away that three quarters of the church nowadays has no clue about these things. They walk defeated in everything that they're doing. Oh, but everything will be great one of these days. As soon as Jesus takes us up. <laughs> no, no, he brought us into perfection right now as we're seated in heavenly places right now. Why? So we can change this world that we're living in. Amen? We're called to change the culture that we're living in. Not, not just walk by, you know, hoping one of these days we'll be taken out here. No, he's saying, Cynthia, change this world right now with the power that I placed on the inside of you. Christian, no, you're not supposed to be just sitting there doing nothing wondering when I'm going to come get you. I'm telling you to stand up and change the world that you're into. Influence the the people you come in business with. Influence the people at your schools. Influence people at your job places. Influence people in the church that don't know these truths that you know. Amen. But we got to do these things. You got to know where you're seated. 
I mean, don't, don't just sit there at the cross and like, oh, thank God I don't have to go to heaven or go to hell. Thank God that I got my get out of hell, get out of jail free pass. Everything's great. No, 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 no. No, that, I mean, that's an amazing thing, but church, that is a poor place to stop. Amen. That is impoverished theology. That, that is impoverishment of what, of what Jesus has done, the finished work of Christ himself. I'm telling you, church, we need to walk in the fullness of what he's given each and every one of us. Amen. Walk in the fullness of what he has given up uh, to each and every one of us. You know, it's, you know, it says that these things, have, uh, he's put us in heavenly places. You know, how do we get into these heavenly places? You know, you've, had, you've seen people that, you know, they think, oh, man, if I, can just, if I just get in a plane, I'm going to go up and I'm going to pray and I'm going to command demons. I'll do all these things. Up. Yeah, all i got to do is get higher than them. I just got to get into these heavenly places, church. Church, this stuff is nonsense-like. This is nonsense. Man, we've got we to gotta begin to see things through our spiritual eyes. Amen? And not, not through the carnal things. Allow, allow the Holy Ghost to reveal His truths to our spirit and get our carnal eyes off of the things that, uh, that the adversary is trying to manipulate us with, that religion is trying to manipulate us with. Amen? Why? Because we, we are already victorious in these things. We're victorious in every circumstance. <laughs> Church, this is the difference. This is the difference. These truths are the difference from walking in victory in every circumstance that rises, every, every pitfall, every trial that gets raised up against us, walking in victory over it. Or it's the, it's the difference of standing here over on this side, and when any time a trial comes up against you, you walk in failure. Amen. The, it's, it doesn't mean that you aren't victorious. You're still victorious. Amen. But you see, you know, how many of y'all know you can still walk in failure? You can, you can, you can get your, you can get your hindsight beat up twenty four seven by the adversary himself if you permit it. Amen. But you, but Jesus says you're still victorious. He says you still get the victor's crown. Listen, I'm not, I'm not one of those that believe here with, with in, in sports that you know how they do nowadays that everyone gets a trophy just as long, just as long as you played, as long as you show up. You know, we're going to give you a trophy even though you walk in defeat, even though you didn't play hard enough, even though you didn't practice hard enough. Here's a trophy. Go, go ahead, just, just come on up here because everyone needs to feel the same. Listen, church, I don't believe in those things. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I think that stuff is absolute rubbish. I think it's, I think it's training up a bunch of, of weak children, amen, to, to make, hey, failure's good. It's okay. I'm just as good as everyone. I don't have to play as hard. I don't have to practice. I don't have to do these things. I'm going to listen to my coaches. Hey, I, I get to graduate with the victor's crown anyhow, and I'm telling you, those things are rubbish. Those are rubbish. You say, what do I mean by that? Listen, if you fail, learn from it. If we fail, learn from it. What does that mean? It means practice a little harder, work a little harder, train a little harder, get underneath your coach. Maybe start listening to what the coach has to say. Start doing what, what he's leading you and guiding you to do, church. And then what happens? You pick yourself up. Uh, you, get, you get beat up. You get kicked off. You, you lost the match. You, you get, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and work harder. And what's going to happen? You're going to have a lot better opportunity to be victorious the next go around. Amen. You'll be the lot. See, this is see this is the way it is in the church. You know, people step out, they try to do something, they get they get beat up, they get they get put on the ground. Because I'm telling you, you start doing something from God, I'm telling you, you're gonna have an opponent come against you, and his name is Satan. Amen. Now Jesus says, You are victorious, you are the victor. But how many of y'all know there are little battles? There are there are things that we're gonna have to do to keep Satan underneath our feet while we're here. Amen. Every time he may be defeated, amen. But every time you stand up and try to come against him, he's he's not he's not he's not a fool. He's gonna stand up and try to get you get you in fear he's gonna try to push you back he's gonna try to hinder you and harm you he's gonna test you and say what do you know 
What do you know? Because I'm fixing to come and get you. I'm going I'm to see what you know. And if I can, and if I can put my strength underneath you, I gotcha. I gotcha. Listen, if, so, so what? So what if you fail? So what if he defeats you? What do you do? You, you get up. You dust yourself off. You get into the word of God. You listen to your head coach. You listen to the assistant coaches that Jesus has placed around you. You get built up. You get, strong, you get stronger in the things of God. And what do you You go face to face with that devil again. I'm telling you, church, this time you won't lose. This time you won't lose. This time you won't lose. And then we earn that victor's crown that we talked about in in Revelations, we're talking about the letters of the church. These, these crowns are given to the ones that are victors. Yeah, Jesus said, you are the victor. I went, here, walk in my victory. I got a crown for each and every one of you that will walk in my victory. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm, I, see, this, this is what we're talking about in Ephesians chapter 3 last week, right? Chapter 3, verse 10 it was, I think, out of the... Now, the Passion Translation, where, where the Lord says that, that we'll, we are the professors and the teachers here on this land, right? We are the professors. We are the teachers of what? Of all the celestial realm, of all the fallen angels, all the angels themselves. They're watching us, seeing how, seeing how we operate in grace. You know, the, the holy angels are like, wow, this is amazing. Look at these. You know, this, this is amazing. God, God put himself into these people, these, these people that were rebellious, these people. I, I can't believe they love them. But, but look, this is how they operate. Look, they can, they can push back everything. They have more power than we do, not because they're stronger, but because of God that lives on the inside of them. And then you, got, then you got the adversary and all of his devils. They come up and be like, oh, wow. Does John actually know, does he actually believe what we're talking about here? Let's, let's test them out. Amen. What do we do? We teach them. We teach them what we know. We teach them what we believe. We teach them what it's like to walk in faith. We teach them like what it is to be in victory in everything that we have here on this earth. Amen. He says, he goes, uh, God, he hath raised us up together and he has made us sit together in heavenly places. Where are those heavenly places? Let's uh, but go back up here uh, a few verses back into verse 19 in chapter 1. It says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ? Amen. Now, the interesting thing about this verse here is there's two different, there's power is used twice. I don't know what it looks like in your translation, but in the King James, power is used twice, but it's two different types of power being talked about here, right? They're two different Greek words. It says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power? This is the Greek word dunamis, his power to usward who believe. Who's this talking to? This is talking about the saints, amen? To usward who believe, there is a power that's been bestowed upon each and every one of us. It is a dunamis power, right? Now, what is dunamis power? It's a supernatural power of God that has been placed on the inside of us. It's likened to like a dynamite, Right? Dynamite. When you mix a certain chemicals together, you have dynamite. Now, now the interesting thing about dynamite is it is absolutely explosive. Amen. But see, it has to be under the right conditions to be explosive. You say, what, what do I mean by that? See, if you just set a piece of dynamite on, on, on top of this uh, uh, snooker table over here, nothing's going to happen. 
Amen. Nothing's going to happen. But see, if you put the right conditions to it, if you add a fire to it, amen, it will explode and blow this whole barn down. Why? Because that's what it's designed to do. The power's there, but it has to have an igniter. Amen. It has the right makeup, but it needs the igniter. See, this, this is the power that God gave us. He says, I'm, I'm placing power on the inside of you. You are like a stick of dynamite. This power that I've placed on the inside of you, it is the Holy Ghost. It is the fire that lights what I placed on the inside of you to release power. It's the Spirit of God that is on the inside of you. You could say it's like this. You know, it, it, is, a, it is a potential power to be released. You say, what do I mean by that? Because see, the power is on the inside. I'm telling you, power is on 90% of the church right now, but they don't know how to operate in it. They don't know how to yield into it. They don't know how to allow the Holy Ghost to ignite it, amen, and change circumstances around them, amen? But this is the power that God put on the inside of us. See, we just can't go walking around releasing power everywhere we go. See, see church, you, know, you, can't, you can't just go out to the grave site and start raising up all the people in the graves. Why? Because, oh, because I got the power in me. I'm going to go up. I'm going to raise each and every one. No, no it, it's required by the Holy Ghost that's on the inside of us. It is the flame that ignites the, the power that's on the inside of us. Amen. And it says that, that we have, that you have this power that is in rotten Christ and, uh, excuse me, that, that is exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe. So you're going to have to believe on these things. You're going to have to have faith in these things before you can operate in them. Amen. See, my, see, my sons, they, they, they understand to a certain extent that there is a power operating in them. That's why they don't ask to go to the doctor or the hospital, amen, when, when, some, when something's coming upon them. What do they do? They don't say, Mom, I need to go, I need to, go to the hospital. I need to, I need to go this. I'm, not, I'm just not feeling good. Something, something's going wrong. You know, what, you know what the first thing they, that comes out of their mouths? Hey, pray for me. Pray for me. Something's not right. Just pray for me. Amen. Why? Because they, they understand there's a power on the inside of us. They, 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 they've seen these things. These things have been demonstrated in their lives. Now, that demonstration is this other type of power that's being talked about here. It says, to the power, this dunamis power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. His mighty kratos is this word here. Kratos is a demonstrated power of God. It is the demonstrated power of God. Listen, when dunamis power gets ignited and it gets lit and the, the dead come to life and, and people get healed and, and the tongues and interpretations come forth and the presence of God comes into the room, when this power is released, listen, that is, that is Kratos power. When that, when that power that needed the flame to get ignited comes to existence, then Kratos, it becomes Kratos. It becomes the demonstrated power of the word of God. Listen, all, all of God's power is Kratos. It's all demonstrated. He's always demonstrated. See, this is the difference. See, see dunamis power is like, <clears throat> thank you, Lord. Kratos powers is like this. It's, it's how you know that, that you can get a, a stick of dynamite and not just paint it red and put it in a box and call it dynamite. Amen? Kratos power is the demonstration of it. See, God didn't just look at us as Christians and say, you know what, I'm going to slap a sticker on your forehead and I'm going to say Christian and then I'm going to expect you to go around and, 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 you know, and, and the devil's going to be scared because of that sticker, because of that stamp that's been placed on your head. No, he said, no, no, I'm not going to do that to you because the devil's not a fool. I'm putting power on the inside of you, a demonstrated power, amen, to where, to where he looks at you, he's going to say, oh, 
That's a Christian. Do they believe? Now I'm going to give them a test. I'm going to push back against them and see what they believe. And then when you exhibit the dunamis power that's on the inside of you and Kratos power comes into existence, it's manifested, then he says, oh, that is one of those Christians. Yeah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not going to mess with that one again. Yeah, I'm not going to try to put that one on them again. I'm not going to try to do this again because that one knows who they are. Amen. That's the difference between the fake Christians and the real Christians. Amen. The ones that, that are walking in knowing they have the fullness of the power of God operating out on the inside of them, not just walking with a label around them. Amen? See, I'm telling you, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people in the church that walk around with a label on them. I, I want to be a church because it's a cool social place. Amen? I don't know about anything that goes on. I don't know about getting reborn. I don't know about all these things. Amen? But I just, I just want that label. I'm telling you, that label doesn't keep the adversary from you. You know what keeps the adversary from you? Power. Power. Power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? It says, his exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. At his own right hand in heavenly places. That is, at his place of power, his place of authority in the heavenly realm. I like this in the, I like this in the Amplified here. It says, and so you can... So you can, uh, there we go, in verse 19 it says, And so you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe, as demonstrated by the working of his mighty strength. George, we need to get to this place. God, God's trying to reveal something to us here. He's trying to say, listen, guys, I need you to not only understand the power that's in you, but the power that's for you, the, this 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 power that needs to be demonstrated through each and every one of you say, what is that demonstrated power? It's not just the power to, to lay hands on Tamara here and her to get sick. Yes, it is part of that, but that's not the power he's talking about. This power is demonstrated from the resurrection of Jesus Christ where 500 people saw there was a dead man that was hanging on the cross three days ago, and now he's walking around the streets of Jerusalem like nothing ever happened. Amen. 500 people got to see him 120 of them ended up in, in, the, uh, in, the, in the upper room in, in Acts chapter 2 where, where they got filled with the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Uh, the Holy Ghost wasn't just in them. It came upon them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This is what the Lord's trying to get us to pay attention to here. Listen, thousands and thousands and thousands of people, amen, have seen the resurrection of Jesus. But can they see it in you? See, this, this is the power. This is where it's manifested. I mean, can they see that resurrection in you? You can see thousands of people. Jesus is having to visit thousands of people daily. Why? Because people aren't seeing it in us. Say, what do I mean by that? I'm, there are some ministers that I follow after, and, they, and some of their mates are over ministering in Pakistan and different people, different places in the Middle East. Amen. And they say that, that there's uh, close to somewhere around 19,000 Muslims a day getting converted in the Middle East. And you say, how is it happening? It wasn't really happening by the crusades. Yeah, a lot of people are getting saved by those things and different things going on. But listen, people are beginning, are, are seeking after something. They're seeking after the real. They're seeking after power. They're seeking after a God that will speak to them. And I'm telling you, Jesus is coming and he's revealing himself to people in dreams. He's revealing himself in divisions. He's revealing himself to people. Amen. Why? Because Christians are too big a sissies to go over there and minister themselves. Amen. We want to complain about the Muslims coming to our nations. Amen. 
amen, when God's saying, listen, you're not going over there. I'll bring them to you to minister to them. Amen. Amen. But see, we're not doing a good enough job with that. Jesus himself is coming and visiting these people, demonstrating his power, Kratos' power being demonstrated. Yeah, yeah, the one that you thought was dead, the one you just thought was a prophet, I'm alive. I'm alive and I'm here and I'm here. I'm here to save you. I'm here to fill you up with the same power that was residing on, this, on the inside of me as I was walking down this earth. And I'm telling you, those things are really easy to get people saved. Demonstrated power is really easy to get people saved. He says, I've been at the, he's at the right hand of the God. Amen. The place of power, the place of authority. As in Matthew 28, 18 says, Amen. He says that, that, that God has put, the Father has put all things, all authority into me of heaven and earth. All the authority in heaven and earth has been, has been given unto me. He says, now go therefore. Go therefore and disciple all nations. Let the, I'll just let that sink in for a second. Because yeah, we got to start our families first. And then we can go to cities, and then we can go to states, and then we can go to nations, and then we can go to the world. He, this is a command he gave each and every one of us. He says, listen, I'm alive. The same resurrection power that's in me, the Father has now established. He's given all authority in heaven, all the things in heaven, and all things, all authority here on earth. And now I'm giving it to you. Go, therefore, in this authority. Operate in that authority. Make disciples of people. Say, well, how in the world can Jesus give us the authority that was given to him? We're seated with him in heavenly places. Because we're seated with him in Christ right now. We're seated with him in Christ right now. Not that, it, not that it's going to come, but we are seated right now in the heavenly places with him. Now, listen, you say, well, pastor, I mean, I'm seated in the barn in the middle of Porter Down, Northern Ireland. I'm not seated in the heavenly places. Listen, church, God sees you. He saw you on that cross. He saw you crucified with Jesus. He saw you put in the tomb. And church, he sees you resurrected, seated at the right hand of the Father right now with Christ. See, just because you don't see it, because you're not looking with your spiritual eyes, doesn't mean it hasn't happened. This is how God expects of us. This is what God sees us, and now he expects it of us. Hmm? Now he expects us to walk in these things, because this is how he sees us. His perfect son gave up his life for us. So we can walk in these things right here. We can change the world. We can grab people out of hell but we're going to have to have the power of the resurrection operating through us. In verse 21, it says, Far above principalities and powers and might and dominion in every name that is named. Where are we seated? Far above principalities and powers and, and dominion in every name that is named. Where are you seated? Far above principalities and powers and might and dominion in every name that is named. What are principalities and powers? It's not people. It's not people. We're not talking about the tea shock. We're not talking about the prime minister. We're not talking about the king. We're not talking about your boss at work. Amen. This is Ephesians 6, 12, right? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the powers, against the, the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Remember, people are not your problem. People are our purpose. Amen. It's not talking about people here. It's talking about all the spiritual realm. We are now seated in a higher place above them. We're seated in a higher place above them. It says above all, above uh, all power and might or strength. Above all power or might and strength. This, this power is that Greek word dunamis. 
Amen. We, he has put us, he has exalted us over every, every power, amen, that imposes itself against God. Every, every demonic power out there, we, he has given us a greater authority. He has set us above these things, amen, to where there is no, there is no power that, that can come against us. This is what Jesus was talking about in Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Amen, where he says, he said, <laughs> where, where he said, behold, I've given you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. I've given you the authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the dunamis of the enemy, over all, the, all this power of the enemy. I've given you authority over those things. He says, over all power, over all might, and over all dominion. Now, I had to look up this word dominion here to see exactly what he was talking about here in the Greek. In the Greek, it's, it's a Greek word, uh, kuriotos, and it, is, it means to have lordship, divine or angelic lordship, D- uh, dignities, or usually it says, it's, uh, the lexicon says it's usually reference to celestial hierarchy. So what's the Lord saying there? We have been placed above all powers, principalities, all strengths, all powers, Amen. Even in the celestial realm, even, even dominion in the celestial realm. What is this? This means you have authority and power over all the demonic realm. We, in any fallen angel, any demon himself, we have uh, power and authority. I'm not saying that you're physically stronger. I'm not saying that, that you can go and you can think you can get in a fist fight with the adversary and you think you're going to win these things. No, this is an authority. He gave us authority over these things. He set us in a higher place over and over. We speak, amen, all of heaven backs the things up that we're saying. Amen. Not, not a strength like, like in, you know, I need to go lift some weights so I can beat up the devil. No, it's a, it's a strength in what we believe. Amen. And we, when we believe these things, confess these things, it sends Satan running like a little pup that just got whipped for doing something wrong. Amen. How many of y'all know Jesus never, Jesus never walked away from an, from an adversary. He never walked away from demons. He never walked away from the devil himself. I mean, when he was down here on this earth, you know, the adversary, he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights just after he got baptized in the Holy Ghost. The, the, uh, the Holy Ghost immediately sent him off into the wilderness. Why? So, he, so he, could, he could show forth his defeat. That mound could be put, that mountain could be put in front of him, and he was going to show forth his defeat of Satan himself. Satan showed up, got right in front of him. What did he say? It is written. Get out of my face, devil. It's written this. Oh, oh, well, what about this? It's written, devil. Get out of my face. Yeah, what about this? Oh, it's written, devil. Get out of my face. He didn't blink his eye at pushing back against the adversary, contrary to his disciples. Now, what do the disciples do? I mean, they're, they're, out, they're out there in the middle of the sea, and Jesus comes walking out on the water like, oh, my Lord, it's a spirit out there. What am I going to do? And she's like, come on, chill out, guys. It's just me. It's just me walking out here to you. Amen. They were so in fear of anything spirit. Why? Because they knew they didn't have the same strength. Amen. They didn't have that same power like, like Jesus did. They didn't have that confidence. Why? Because they, they were not perfected men yet. Amen. But what happened when, when the resurrection power came on the inside of Paul? He's walking through Philippi, walking, preaching the word of God, trying to get people saved. And the Holy Ghost reveals to him that a lady that's been touting off saying, oh, follow these men. These are, the most, these are men of the most high God. Listen to what they have to say. Amen. The Holy Ghost says, man, 
stop that lady. You know, I don't, I don't need the devil. I don't need the devil trumping up what we're trying to do, trying to brag on us. Shut up. What do he do? He turned around and rebuked. So I command you to come out of that woman in the name of Jesus and turn around and walked off. What happened? The, de- the demon fled that lady just like that. And what happened? Paul got put in prison for it. Amen. But listen, this, this was the power that he, he wasn't scared of that. Oh my Lord, that's, that's a devil in that woman. Oh man, I, I need to back up. Jesus, can you come down and do something for me? Can you do it for me? Now he turned around and he commanded that devil and that devil had to leave. Why? Because of the resurrection power that's on the inside of them. We're sons and daughters of God. Listen, church. <laughs> I understand. Amen. Until you get these things figured out, it can be very difficult. Amen. I, I mean, myself, I, I grew up, I was in the Baptist church. Amen. Everything was going great. I was a great man of God in the Baptist church. I knew absolutely nothing, but I thought I knew everything. You know how that goes. And what happened? I started getting around a few of these faith people, people, you know, talking about healing and different things. And man, I thought it was real interesting. Why? Because they were demonstrating some power of God. And I, I started getting around them. And you know what happened? The adversary immediately came and tested me on it. I was, in the, I was in the middle of, a, of the Shell fuel station there in Somerville, Texas, and there was this, there was this woman they called Crazy K, amen, walk, walking, through the, walking, through this, uh, walking through this diesel station here, you know, asking for cigarettes. I mean, she, so she walked over me, and she said, she goes, hey, can I get a cigarette? Because she knew me because I always hang, hung out at the motorcycle shop across the street. Amen. And she said, hey, can I get a cigarette? I said, man, I, I'm serving God now. I don't, I don't, I don't smoke. I don't, do, I don't do any of these things anymore. And I'm telling you, as soon as I said those things, man, man, just those eyes cut across at me. And I'm telling you, it's like you could just see the countenance completely change. And I'm telling you, it wasn't just that she was an addict. I'm telling you, the demonic presence came upon her. And she started mouthing up, what? no, I won't sleep with you. No, I won't do it. And started uh, yelling out, <laughs> some perverted things. And, and I, I didn't know what to do. I'm, I'm just sitting here like, uh, uh, Lord, what you, can you do this? Can you shut her up? Can something happen here? So what did I do? I hung up the, 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 the nozzle. I hung up the nozzle and I got my truck and I left. Amen. And driving down the road, I'm like, oh, um, thank you, Lord, that you're able to get me out of that place. You know, what's going on? I'm telling you, that's not the way I, hell, I handle demons nowadays. And why? Because I know who I am in Christ. I'm telling you, I don't get in fear. I don't get embarrassed. I don't get humiliated by a demon. I'm telling you, I will embarrass that demon. I will embarrass them. Why? Because I know who I am now. You're not going to embarrass me. You're not going to get me hiding underneath the rock. I'm telling you, I'll turn around. I'll rebuke you in Jesus' name. And they begin to run. But listen, church, we've got to know who we are for these things to start happening. Listen, the devil's counting on you not knowing these things. Counting on you being in fear. Counting on you being in doubt that these things can't happen when you begin to open up your mouths. He says, over every principality and power, might and dominion, over every name. Remember, we studied that, that word name. It's the Greek word onoma, right? And it means name, character, fame. It means reputation. It's a, the reputation or the fame of any name, anything that's made a name that's contrary to the things of God. He said, we, we have dominion over those things. We have, we, we've been exalted. We've been set over these things. You say, what does that look like? I'm telling you, poverty, it, it's a name. It has a name. You've been set over those things. It doesn't have any power over you. 
It doesn't have any power over you. I'm telling you, sickness and disease, it has a name. It has a name. It's called COVID-19. It's called the coronavirus. It's called the flu. It's called cancer. It's called epilepsy. It's called autism. It's called all kinds of different things. I'm telling you, you have authority over those things. You've been seated over them. They have a name. It's, it's any storm that comes into your existence. Amen. I find it amazing. All the weather people, they like to name storms and hurricanes and, and everything that comes around nowadays. Why? Because we have authority over those things. That's God giving you an opportunity. That storm has a name. Speak to that thing and allow it not to destroy the nation that it's coming to. Rise up in the authority. Be the men and women that I've called you to be. Satan has a name. All those foul little demons, they have names. What did Jesus say when he came into the person that had a legion on it? What's your name? What's your name? You think you are. What's your name? Oh, my name's Legion. Out. Out. Why? Because he has authority over the name. It says not only in this world, not only in this age, this is the Greek word aeon, not, not only in this world or this age that we're living in, but the age that is to come. Jesus is saying, listen, the things that I've done, I've completed, it's not for just now, it's going to be for the age that, is the, that we're embarking on right now, that we're fixing to enter into. You're going to still have this same power and authority. Hallelujah. It says, and he has put all things underneath his feet. He has given him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now people say, well, pastor, as we're sitting here, man, it, it, sure, it sure sounds like he's just talking about Jesus. He's not talking about us. He's talking about Jesus. Now I say, you're right. You're right. You're right. This is, this is, this is speaking to Jesus here. But who is Jesus? Jesus is the church. Now we are the body of the church. He is the head of the church. Jesus is the church. Amen? So, so when, it, when it's sitting there talking about Jesus and what he has done for him, listen, he has done that for each and every one. Why? Because we are his body here on this earth. You say, prove that out to me. Okay. Well, how about Paul in Acts chapter 9 when he, went to, when he was on the, on the road to Damascus? He's on his way and joined, going to persecute the Christians, going to see if he could stone a few people, put some in jail. And he's, and he's going down the street. Jesus appeared to him, came up right in front of him, and the glory of God came in front of Paul and knocked him off of his donkey. And he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus in whom you're persecuting. Now, I never read where, where Paul was going around persecuting Jesus, where he was trying to stone Jesus, where he was trying to put Jesus on the cross, where he was trying to put Jesus in jail. Jesus was already dead and resurrected. What, so what was Jesus saying? Why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting my church? Why are you persecuting Tamara? Why are you persecuting Kimberly? Why are you persecuting Leah? Why are you, why are you persecuting me? Because they are me. We are in union with one another why are you persecuting me? Amen. Why are you persecuting me? I love that verse. Mm. Tell you, church, are, is anyone in Christ in this place? And this is what we've been teaching. Are you in Christ? I'm telling you, there's a lot of things we need to learn. Are we in Christ? I mean, this is the Holy Spirit trying to reveal to us who he's made us to be. A whole lot like Jesus. And I'm not, a whole lot not like who you used to be. Amen? Hallelujah. But listen, church, this is when the decision process comes on. You know, we not only need to be able to receive him, 
we got to put them on. Amen. The one statement that, that can irritate the whole church. We not only need to receive Jesus, but we need to put them on. We need to walk in him in everything that we do. Yeah, let's go here to Colossians. Let's go to Colossians 2, and I'll finish up here. I got a few more minutes, I think, or I'm going to take them anyhow. Hallelujah. Let's see here in verse 5 in Colossians chapter 2. It says, For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit. I mean, I love Paul. He, he knows that he, he, he considers himself more in the spirit than he does even in the flesh. He says, though I be absent in the spirit, yet I'm I, absent in the flesh, I'm with you in the spirit. Joying and beholding your order and your steadfast of your faith in Christ. He goes, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. So that as you have received him, as though you've been rebirthed in him, now begin to walk in the newness of that life. Now begin to walk in the resurrection. Listen, don't settle for just getting out of hell. Now begin to walk as Jesus walked. Walk in the fullness and integrity and the victory that Jesus has provided for us. In verse 7, he says, rooted up, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you have been taught abounding therein in thanksgiving. He says, being rooted and built up. Listen, how many of y'all know if you are rooted and built up in Christ, this is when you can be established in who he's called. You see, you're going to be rooted and grounded and then built up, be edified in him. Amen. And then it will establish your foundation of walking in the fullness of Christ, being able to speak for things and seeing mountains move. See, see, Kimberly was talking about walking up the mountain and how difficult it can be. But I'm telling you, when you begin to learn who you are in Christ, you'll be able to speak to that mountain. It'll just get out of your way. Amen. It, it will get out of your way because this is who God has called us to be. But we've got to be built up and established in him. It says in verse 8, beware. Everyone say, beware. Beware, Beware, lest any man spoil you through vain philosophies and vain deceits, after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. He says, beware. And you know, listen, the Spirit of God is is speaking into the church here at Colossae, and he's speaking to the island church here in Dundalk and here and up in Derry City, and everyone else that's listening to this, he's saying, beware. Least any man spoil you. If any man come in and rob what I've placed on the inside of you, rob what I've given you. He says, beware, least any man spoil you through philosophies, intellectualism, humanism, through vain deceits, through empty deceits of people trying to puff themselves up to be great leaders. He goes after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of this world. He goes, and not after Christ. And not after Christ. He says, beware of anyone that's trying to steal in Christ. Anyone that's trying to steal this union. Anyone that's trying to steal what I've placed on the inside of me. And there's this verse that's been, that's been stirring through me, I'm telling you, for the last month, I'm telling you. And I love it. And it's a powerful verse. And in church, we need, we need to, I, I'm going to say it because you guys need to get it stirred up in you too. And in 2 Timothy uh, 3, 5, it says, talking to the church, saying, or talking to Timothy, saying there's going to be people that come around you. They're going to have a form of godliness. They're going to have a form of godliness, but they're going to to deny the power of love. They're going to deny the dunamis power. He goes, goes, Timothy, stay away from those people. Stay away from those people. 
He goes, see, the, see, it's just the way the church is nowadays. Oh, yeah, church is great. There's a lot of religion out there, but they deny the power thereof. The Holy Ghost, through the Father Tim, uh, Paul, to speaking to his son Timothy, says, listen, there's a lot of people that say, oh, I believe in Jesus. I believe in Christ. I believe in this. But they deny the fullness of the power of God. And he says, listen, you're going to have to stay away from those people. They will destroy you. They will allow your life to be taken prematurely. And if they can't take your life, prematurely. It'll take your sons. It'll take your daughters. It'll take your best friend. It'll take your wife. Stay away from these people that don't operate in the power of God. Why? Because they're denying the Holy Ghost that I've placed on the inside of you. They're denying it. See, it's not just about denying healing, not just denying prosperity. It's not, no, it's not just, it's denying the fullness. The Holy Ghost is power. He is that dunamis power. And it's denying him when he walks into the room. It's denying him when he starts revealing something into your spirit. It's denying him when he gives you a rebuke. It's a denying of the union that God is placing between each and every one of us. I'm telling you, church, he says, stay away from them. Stay away from them. They're going to steal something from you. Don't, don't, allow, don't allow them to get, don't, don't come in union with those people. I mean, minister unto those people. Amen. But don't, don't, don't bring them in near to you. Why? Because they're not, it's not the same. You're not the same. Oh, come on, church. People don't like hearing these kind of things, but I'm telling you, these are the truths. This was, this was a father talking to him sons. Like, listen, stay away from them. Listen, I'll tell you two boys, you know, there's, there's a lot of people you're going to be hanging around in this nation. I'm telling you, you stay away from them if they deny the power of God. You stay away from them. Why? Because they'll start weakening the power of God that's on the inside of you. It'll start bringing doubt and unbelief that's on the inside of you. And I'm telling you, that's not what you're designed for. That's not what you're called for. You're called to change nations. You're called to minister the gospel. You're called to do amazing things for God, but you, you're going to have to situate yourself, encompass yourself, surround yourself with people that, that, that are walking in power, that are yielded to the Holy Ghost. But it's your choice. See, these are your choices. Amen? But as, but as, as your daddy and a father in the faith to you, I tell you, listen, don't hang around him. Amen? Don't hang around him. Hmm? Minister unto us, but don't hang around him. I'm telling you, church, his presence, the presence of the Holy Ghost, the presence of Jesus, I'm telling you, it will change people forever. It'll change you forever. If you'll submit into it, if you'll permit it, if you won't deny it, but allow it to, to, to shred off anything that's not him on the inside of you. It says, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. And you are complete in him. And you are complete in him, which is the head and the principality of power. Listen, church, I think I will, I think I'm going to end with that one right here, that you are complete in him. And we'll pick up these verses next week, amen. But, but we are complete in him. Church, you don't have to look for something else that, to complete you. I'm telling you, church, your job is not going to complete you. I'm telling you, your marriage is not going to complete you. I'm telling you, you're, you're, you're having the perfect two and a half kids is not, is not going to complete you. You having the great, great, beautiful house with the white picket fence, I'm telling you, church, that's not going to complete you. The only thing that's going to complete you is being in him. 
The only thing that will complete you is yielding yourself to become in him. And then glory to God, you know what he'll do? He'll give you that, that beautiful house with the white picket fence. He'll give you a beautiful marriage. He'll give you the great two and a half kids. He'll make you prosperous. He'll give you a great job. He'll put you in the ministry. He'll do the things that he is desiring for you to do once we get completed in him and not rely on those other things to complete us. Amen? Amen. So is anyone complete in this place? Amen. Anyone perfected in this house? Anyone have the Spirit of God living on the inside of them in this place? Well, glory to God. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. We glorify you, Lord. We thank you for the honor it is to serve you. We thank you for the honor it is to, be, to have the fullness of the living God dwelling on the inside of us, Lord. We, Lord, Lord, help us to be a people that don't take these things for granted. May we walk in your fullness. May we not disregard the finished work of Christ. May we not see lack and sin and things as being normal here in this life, Lord, but may we, may we be so devoted to you that, that everything that hurts your heart, Lord, it begins to hurt our hearts. Lord, everything that, that, that makes you cringe, Lord, it begins to make us cringe. Lord, everything that, that, that you have compassion for, Lord, may that compassion be released on the inside of us. Lord, everything that you have love for, Lord, may that love be rooted and established and released in us. May we, that we know the, the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height of it. Even that we know the love of Christ that, that passes all knowledge. May we be filled with all the fullness of you in everything that we do. We glorify you. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We take a hold of, as is our tradition here in this house, Lord, we take a hold of Psalms 91 that says, that there shall no evil befall us. Neither shall any plague come nigh this dwelling. For you give your angels charge over me and each and every person that believe. That you even send out angels across us. Lord, the, the angels you, that you've given notice, you send them out to protect us, Lord, that we won't even dash our, we won't even stump our toe, Lord, as, we, as we're walking in the fullness of what you've created us to be. We're people that desire to be planted in the secret place of the Most High. Lord, that we don't desire anything else, but we desire you, your presence, your leading, your guidance, your direction, and everything that we do. So we thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for our jobs. We thank you for the ministry opportunities that we have. Lord, we thank you for opening up our nation. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we will, as you said, as you instructed us, Lord, we will, we will keep on... Every, every battle piece of uh, armor, every, every spiritual armor you've given us to, to, to walk in, Lord, we will keep them on and we will walk forward in the fullness and power that you've directed us, Lord. Not, not slowing down, not taking a break just because things are open, Lord. We're gonna, we'll stamp, we'll step it up, Lord. We'll continue to walk in the full force and authority that you've given us, Lord. We thank you for it. We thank you for this church. We thank you, Lord, for the ambassadors of Christ. You've called each and every one of us to be, Lord. Thank you, Lord, here at Island Church. We are covered by your blood. We're empowered by your word. And we're anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the center of the town, and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie.